So, All right, we ready to go? Yes. Yep, ready to go. You look like you're lying down, Sean. Hello, hello, welcome to this, the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA and 121 Media. We could get used to this recording after a win business. Um, <laughs> we've been starved of it for so long, basically the pod's entire existence. So if we're a bit off track, if we're a bit, I don't know, flighty, it's probably because we're just delirious that we've actually won a game of football. My name's Sean Peterbudge. I'm joined as always. Well... The most dangerous cult leader since Charles Manson is with us tonight. <laughs> it might all be worth it if we get a Tarantino movie out of it, Father Ganoush. What a Saturday, Gutsy. Uh, lovely to be here after a a bit of a, a heart jolter at times. Like, not in the sense, it wasn't like a heart stopper as in the last minute game, but like halfway through like the second quarter, I, I started to get emotionally invested into the season again. It felt like and, a car. Uh, it felt like watching a car crash that was unfolding yeah. at about three kilometres an hour. Mm. And you were simply going, "One of you, just just put the brakes on or move." If it if it would have happened, say post the West Coast game, my heart my heart was, would have been switched off, and I wouldn't have really cared. I just would have been an automatic pilot. But my heart has been uh, jolted, kickstarted, and. Um, it kicks out my heart. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so then when it started to unravel, I was, uh, <laughs> I was starting to get very shirty, put it that way. You did send me a text at one point during the game. He was, I can't remember what, it was early in the first quarter, wasn't it, uh, Timbo? We'll bring you in officially in a minute. Um, and he was saying something about a contest in defence, and I was like, "How far behind are you, <laughs> Fabian? What are going to be doing uh, this how, all? How far behind you were, you would have, you were about two minutes behind." <laughs> well, because you were talking what, about a what providing you, you, were, can, you were talking about a contest deep in defence, and I think someone was having a shot for goal up our end of the field. <laughs> and I'm going, Christ, we're not going to be doing this all night, are we? <laughs> Damn it! Got this idiot on a 90 second delay coming I in. Think I, I think I was. Um, I texted something about um, Matt Kennedy did something in the centre, and you just replied. How far behind are you? I just thought to myself, I was actually going to text you a thing. I was going to start texting you stuff like, oh, my God, that's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so that you would have been going, what was it? But I don't know if it's just because obviously my Foxtel is shit. It's via data. And I watch the soccer vibes. So everything I watch, even though like, even like Optus, for example, even though Sean's piggybacking off my account, we seem, I always seem to well, be that. Not lately. Uh, Got been kicked off by your father-in-law, who just likes watching penalty shootouts. Um, I think we had a bit of a run in the other morning, Sean, during the uh, the Italy game. We couldn't have possibly, because I was at work. No, you and I. No, on the weekend. We couldn't have possibly had a run in, because I didn't watch it. Anywho, every time I'm watching something, I seem to be like a minute behind everybody else, even though I'm watching it live. So I usually get the texts, and when the texts lock, I can feel the phone vibrating. We either conceded a goal or we've scored a goal. 
Yeah, I've been known late in United games, if we're hanging on and we get into injury time, I'll just open up live score and just save myself the 45 seconds. <laughs> um, okay. We're joined as well, of course, by the good doctor, Dr. Davis. You've explained to me, uh, Dr. Davis, that uh, DU have introduced a new fast-track <laughs> diploma scheme. You're calling it Drive-Through, capital D, capital U. Absolutely revolutionary, and it means that you too, like Tim, can be a professor, a doctor in whatever the fuck you want, and all for, you know, well, five minutes of your time. But we do charge full freight on the fees, though, because there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no a hex. Fa- a fast lunch, maybe. There's no, no hex. Is there silence? Yeah, no, no, I thought Sean's just gone quiet. No, we're just having a conversation. I'm just oh, waiting for you guys to talk. I've just received an invite to Kelleganoush. <laughs> uh, home of the Buff Bagwell portrait. More fun than clover ganoush, and clothes are optional. <laughs> she's uh, put together a she, whole she, bunch she's, of... She's uh, hanging out behind the door. Yep. She just sent me a text now. Hold Ke- on. You would have got Kalaganoush as well. With a stupid... It's got a Collingwood logo. Yeah, uh, it's got a QR code. I'm worried about where that goes. Yeah, exactly right. And Tell her I'm most, disappointing, most disappointed that I don't have an invitation yet. I like the use of the pineapples. I like the fact that clothes are optional. The fact that it's been an extended invite is a bit of a worry. <laughs> the fact that it's more than it's more than one person's been invited is a concern. <laughs> but no, Dr. Davis, uh, obviously, how are you feeling after last night's result? Yeah, look, exactly the same as, as Fabian. I, I, you know, in the way that we started and, and the way that the game changed, you just felt like it was going to be death by a thousand cuts. You just sort of... I, I text messaged at three-quarter time, and not that I'm downcast and bitter and broken or anything else like that but I just sort of thought I know how this ends and uh, and and we're just going to sit through sit through another heartbreaker but the flip side <laughs> we've always found a way to beat this mob and it and it's never it's never followed any sort of a script and you just sort of felt maybe maybe there's a little miracle waiting at the end and obviously um, we bunkered down and found a way and it was very uncarlton like so it was refreshingly uncarlton-like, to be honest. Correct. You sort of sat there Correct. and thought, "I'm not sure if you two were the same, but there was a numbness." And the siren went, where I kind of went, "Holy shit!" If I go on, <laughs> oh wow, what a surprise! I'm actually like, I'm actually completely, I'm surprised in the best possible way. And I'm like, they've actually done Correct. it. <laughs> um, before we move on to the nuts and bolts of the show, we do need to have a serious discussion, uh, Fabaganoush, about your ridiculous cult. Now. We need to get some feedback from the listeners uh, as to whether or not there is a genuine appetite for us to do some kind of live record slash social club meet and greet event uh, toward the end of the year, probably as like a season recap, I would imagine. Um, I think there would probably be a very small fee to attend which would basically just be to cover the cost of renting a venue and that would be about it. Um, so I suppose we just want to sort of put it out there as to whether or not there would be yeah, any interest in um, attending such a thing. Absolutely. Um, the, the people have come out in numbers to support the, the notion of the, of the, or the, the idea of Club of Ganoush. So I reckon the response to a, a live record get-together will be um, will be welcome. So, um, yeah, 
let us know um, via Twitter, and uh, we'll uh, we'll gather some information and start to plan an event for the end of the year if if that's what the people want. Because we'll obviously do we love a, to give the people what they want. Well, we would do a season wrap up, irrespective. So. If it's a way of getting people together and having a bit of a social thing and having a chat and meeting everyone and there's a bit of a community obviously online of um, Carlton followers of which we are a part. So mm-hmm. if, you know it could be a nice way to sign off on the year and potentially depending. It could on be our finals. Well, it could be, couldn't it? We could stage it on Grand Final Day, running alongside the Grand Final itself. Um, I think, yeah, I think there could be an opportunity to, to sort of see where it goes and have it be kind of like a social thing that either you know kickstarts a year, finishes a year. And whatnot, because um, obviously in this day and age, the idea of the old social club is a bit old hat and old-fashioned, but people still like getting together and chatting about things they enjoy. So um, if you would like to attend, if there is any interest in attending, um, please let us know and probably light a fire under us to get uh, moving. Um, the game itself, I was thinking at about three-quarter time that, uh, you know what, we don't actually even need to record an episode. We can just do, you know, like a clip show. I could just go back through the last five, six, seven weeks and just pick out the greatest hits, you know, like they do on sitcoms when they can't be bothered writing a new episode and they do a clip show and you do just get clips of us talking about having no dare and making no changes in the box and not being fit enough, not showing any ideas. It's all individuals, not a system. We're getting smashed at stoppage. You know, Jones shouldn't be allowed to kick the ball and just cobble it together. Mm. And people, greatest hits. people probably wouldn't even notice it's not... It's not a new episode. They just go, oh, yeah, that's fair enough, all relevant points. The um, Immaculate Collection. <laughs> one of the great names of greatest hits. It's probably the best greatest hits. Yeah. Or one of the best greatest yeah, hits, yeah. yeah maybe. We don't want to get sucked down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> no, because we know how uh, you'll lose if you go down that rabbit hole. Lose what? Anything. Anything <laughs> comes out of your mouth will be... He, he may lose, but he will go down swinging. Oh, swing. oh, will he, he will swing. <laughs> I'll jam the stick into the front of that plane and plough us all into the earth. Um, you mentioned it before, Timbo. The Dockers must just look at us and just hate the sight of us, especially in those white Guernseys. I was going to say, they um, should have forced us to wear the blue. Because regardless, our regardless recent wins, we had the Murphy check side, which is you know, one of the last kicks of the game. They let us at the final siren only to lose last year. Um, and then obviously last night they had us absolutely on the rack for about 45 minutes but just couldn't score. Um, and we ended up winning, sort of snatching it away a little bit late. But they must just be scratching their heads, Tim. Well, I think we are we are living rent-free in uh, Justin Longmuir's head um, of late. And, and I still I, – I had to do it to myself. I watched the, the replay of the last, like – Four minutes of last year's game, just to just to relive it and and remember what it must have been like for Fabian as he left the room when the ball got kicked outside fifty and missed the whole last uh, ninety seconds of actual footage of of the game. Um, <laughs> At which point the, the game was already over, incidentally. Yeah, but the the look on Justin Longmuir's face when he realised a we were getting a free kick downfield, we were having a shot, the job wasn't done, and then for. Jack fucking Nunes to do what he did. You just sort of thought, wow. And, and was that how early in his tenure? That was just his first season, wasn't it? Yeah. So he'd never been caretaker coach. He just took over from whoever he took over and, and started 
season beginning, didn't he? Absolutely. And yeah. uh, ultimately, at three-quarter time, it certainly felt like we'd been given the standing eight count. The referee had directed us to show him something or he'd stop the fight, Fab. Um, <laughs> and pleasingly, for the first time in, in a, a long time, far too long, um, you know, most of the boys stood up and actually showed us something. Absolutely. I... I wasn't. I don't know about you boys. I didn't expect us to play the last quarter the way we played it. Going into three quarter time, I was like, I was almost resigned. And to see us fight, especially given that we didn't start, you know, it's not like we came out and flipped the switch and dominated the last quarter. We didn't. We had to grind it out. But it was what was pleasing, especially for me, was the last ten minutes. Even players who weren't good up until that point dug deep, um, did what they needed to do to pull out that win. Um, Amazed. Like you said, they just couldn't score for a while, but then with about eight minutes to go, I thought we controlled it pretty well. It's an interesting... So, uh, like without, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I have a, like a, a faint recollection of... Losing the first stoppage, you know, centre bounce of the quarter and just going, ah, oh, shit. Just going, oh, Christ. We've got like 30 minutes of this. It's, this is going to be Alamo type stuff. It was, and it was just come, say, third quarter, a little bit into the second and the third quarter. Just David Mundy and Sarong, just, it was, it was like no one was on them. It, it, was, it, was, it was 50 minutes of it, wasn't it, Fab? It, it, was, it was just, they were walking it out of there. And like, like David Mundy's a gun. Oh, he slaughtered us and many other team on many of an occasion. But you're right, they were walking it out of the centre square. Um, we couldn't get a clearance. When they got it, they got they got out of there easily. Um, and it was only the fact that the way that we structured up in defence, although we were absolutely under the pump, it just seemed to stand up, stand up. But we couldn't kick it out either. And, and there was no... There was no dare. There was a couple of moments where Tommy Williamson would run into space and you thought, that's the like we need to use because they're not setting up for Tom Williamson. You know, they'd look to co- cover an Adam Saad. They'd look to cover a Liam Stocker, Jacob Weider and getting it out of defence. And we needed to do something different. And in fact, it almost felt like we were almost better off to try and handball it, you know, chain handball out from, from defence, even though that's always fraught with danger. But um, kicking it out just wasn't working. There was a moment, Timbo, where it actually dawned on me watching a bit of the replay tonight, and it's always easier with the benefit of hindsight watching the replay, but you actually go, when you're in the game and you've got skin in the game and you're live at the venue and the atmosphere is buzzing and you know, you're in the moment, you are oblivious to the reality, and the reality was it was actually a really difficult night to score. Yes. For whatever the reasons, you know, it's cold, it's frigid night, it's awful like that, not, not windy as such, but... You know, it was actually a really, really hard night to score, and both teams went through patches of 30-odd minutes, 40 minutes, where they just didn't look like scoring at all. So you watch it back, and that's as much a plus and a thumbs-up for our defence, isn't it? Most definitely. Uh, I, I I couldn't help but think that, as you sort of said, it, it looked like we were just on the rack, but there was almost this dawn of um, Freo's thrown everything at us, they can't score, let alone kick goals. If we actually do something about this, we might actually have this result here in our hands if we're prepared to take it. And and, and it was almost a, a belief um, that washed over our blokes. And, and equally, I think it was that Frio, 
you know, living in their heads factor where the moment we put a little bit of scoreboard pressure back on, they've gone, oh, is this going to happen again? Well, I think... And it was like... I'm just trying to... I'm trying to remember again, having watched it this morning, um, in the third quarter, I think Brayshaw kicks back-to-back goals. And yep. One of them's from the terrible Liam Jones turnover, which yep. we'll, we'll get to. And then the other one was... To, oh, his, to his credit, a fluky snap that tumbled inside out, upside down. But he burst through the clearance. No, he did, but was, the actual finish. It was finish. the fact that we couldn't put enough pressure and body on him to get out the other side of clearance and be able to put pressure on the shot on goal. But yeah. it, it was a top-shelf finish, and, and you've got to give credit where it's due. But it was just sort of like, you know, we're, we're getting beaten by what we know is absolutely going to happen. I think so. the, sorry, the point I'm trying to make here is that you go, those were their last two goals of the third quarter to get them back to within striking distance to effectively tie the game up. And they were yep. both fluky. True. They were both. It was an unforced error turnover where Jones has just panicked and hit the wrong kick. That kick yep. was not on, and he's just he's had a brain fade, and he's hit it. Nothing to do with their pressure, because he could have just he should have just gone down the line. Wasn't the first time he did that. No, no, we're going to we're going to get to him. And but, then, but, they, but then but the other right, one, they weren't structuring no. up goals and attacks well, no. were they? Sure. So it was. Well, you watch like, it back, and you're like, sheer, oh. sheer volume. There was a lot of sheer volume going on, and and and, but it ended up even having to be something out of the customary that 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 got a little bit. Of, and they did only kick eight goals. We did keep them goalless for. You know, a half. If, if we quarters. were reviewing, if we were reviewing the guys in the dark jumpers like we do most weeks, we'd be saying most things came from individual efforts. Even so, for Fremantle, I thought their ruckman was, you know, unbelievable. Pierce, good Pierce was good all night. Monday was good. So it wasn't like they were humming as a collective. I think they they had individuals stand up and carry them forward. But as you said, I don't think they were putting anything together. Mm, and, and that's the thing for me. Like I say, you go, you watch it back and you go, if that's what you're relying on to take this game away from us, in retrospect, going, it's actually unsustainable and, and actually unlikely in a way that you're going to, if that's what you're going to have to produce to win this game of football, going, I actually don't think you're going to do that. So, yep. and it would like, be interesting to get the neutrals' perspective, who would obviously be Frio or a bit wasteful, etc. But at the same time, watching the game, thinking, geez, like, like, I you know what a good example would be, the Thursday night game, Richmond, where you were sort of like, they're just not playing well enough to win. Correct. You're watching it dispassionately going, Gold Coast aren't seeing the world on fire, but Richmond aren't actually doing enough to win this game. So, um, like I said, interesting to watch it back and kind of have that takeaway when you're removed from the emotion of it all. Uh, we're going to go into the chicken salads, and there's really only one place to start, uh, and that is the maligned kids. Paddy Dow. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely outstanding earlier uh, in the contest, Fab. He finishes the game with a, um, a team-high eight clearances. Um, he was everything we've ever wanted him to be, and a lot of people have believed him to be. He didn't put together a full four quarters. No. But that's the journey of the player. I thought he was really, really good, and it was a real um, sort of watershed night for him. It was good to see. He started – it was BOG at halftime. Um his first quarter in particular was absolutely outstanding. His movement in traffic, his delivery inside forward 50, that part, which is, that was the whole breakdown of Paddy Dow back in, going back two years ago. It was, yeah, he gets the ball, but then he just burns it. His delivery inside 50, lowering the eyes and hitting targets. Amazing. But what I loved is the fact that, yeah, he slowed down, but his last five to seven minutes, him and Matty Kennedy came back 
and were in it when we needed them to be in it right at the end. And that was just so pleasing. And it just shows that, excuse me, we just need to keep giving these kids time. Just give them the time and they will reward us. The other one just mentioned by Fab there, Timbo, was Matty Kennedy. Um, Plays to his strengths. He gives us what we know he can give us. We're not asking him to be a player that he's not. We don't want to make another good performance by Matty Kennedy about another player, but he's gone past Setterfield now. Well, he has. I mean, I'm I'm a big Setterfield fan, but um, he just hasn't picked up where he left last season off at all. Um, and as you said about Kennedy's strengths, you know, the marks around the ground, being able to play a little bit taller, his set shots for goal. Um, clearly, he can win it in tight. I mean, again, you know, when, you be dom- when, you, when your ruckman is being dominated by the opposition, it makes it harder to be able to get first hands on the ball. But he was always competing at the contest. Uh, but even his run and spread and creativity late when we needed to try and open the game up, he was he was there, he was using it, he was waxing with teammates, you know, the one-two give and goes, and it uh, it opened the door and gave us the chance. And, you know, he, he has every right to, to be a bitter, dispassionate footballer who feels like the door's closed on him, he's back in the VFL, uh, I've been demoted from the senior list to the to the rookie list in the off season. Um, my, my, my go is just not uh, is just not here at Carlton. So I'll see out the year and see what happens afterwards. He's gone back. He's worked on his game. He's got himself fit and found the footy in the twos. Come back to seniors and put together three probably the three best games of footy he's played for the club. And you sit there and you go, kudos to you because there are plenty of better better people and, and players with more integrity that would still have cracked the shits and not gotten involved. The other man, uh, Fubba Ganoush, this is my heartlet handball moment from last night's game. That's just another segment I'm keeping alive single-handedly. Um, Liam Stocker had a yep. good night, played on uh, Michael Walters. Um, we don't want to make it the Heave Ho podcast, but he's, Walters is, I don't know, he's slowing down a bit, isn't he? Um, Certainly is. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one to watch. He's been we saw him earlier in the year and then again last night. And you're kind of going, oh yeah, you just for whatever reason you're just not that player. But uh, Stock had a really good night, and there was a moment late in the game, a really really crucial moment, where we spoke a couple of weeks ago about teasing. Um, yep. Uh, Nathan Wilson got the ball fairly hard out on the boundary, and Liam Stocker recognised the situation and he summed it up perfectly. He teased. There's an opportunity for you to play on here, Nathan. There's an, there's an, and he does. He takes it. He goes immediately, closes him on the boundary. Fantastic. Yep. Forces the turnover. Yep. So he didn't. He hems him to the boundary. He makes him play on. He forces the kick out of bounds. That was a really, really little moment on a really good night for him, in which he just did his job again. He had a few moments, um, and not all of them little. I when he goes and puts himself in the hole in front of. I can't remember who it was. Um, I think one, one was Rory Lobb. Rory Lobb, yeah. And you just think, nothing good's coming out of this for you, mate, other than getting smashed. And he did. A lot. He's, got, he's got grunt to him. He, you know what he does? He, he's a pretty looking boy, but he doesn't play. He doesn't play like that. that way. No he way. plays tough. He plays with a bit of mongrel. He goes in for his teammates. He certainly does. And unlike that typical industrious mongrel type player, he's silk. When he's got the ball in hand, he usually makes something that happen. I think, and, and credit to him, I think he's making, to use this segment, I think he's making chicken salad out of chicken shit at the moment. 
he got an opportunity in the team in a position that he's not suited to. He probably wouldn't have been wrapped with how that opportunity's come. But over the last three and four weeks, he's actually he's starting to develop into a very good player who, before he even knows it, will probably be pushed out of that position and be playing where he wants to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think even in the last parts of yesterday's game, and a few times the week before, I think he and Adam Sard are starting to get a bit of an understanding. Even There's human. That, you know when you play with players that you know, this guy's a hack, I can't really afford to go there or, or go ahead or move into a position where I would have played it because he's not capable of doing it. But when he's around Sard and Sard's around him, they kind of have an understanding of, no, if I go here where the space is, he'll know I'm there. He's good enough to get me the ball and we're happy, you know, we can get out that way. I think two very intelligent footballers behind the ball are starting to make things make things click. Um, I, once, uh, I once heard somebody describe um, that talent scouts have got it all the wrong way. You don't go and watch games of football because you watch a game of football, you can pick out who the best players are, who's playing well, because that might be a one-off. What are you eating, Fabian? Fried rice. You're an, <laughs> it's 4.50 in the afternoon. Kelly made it, sorry. Jesus. Um, he said, don't go and watch games of football. Once you've got the list and you think this guy's a good player, he goes, yeah, no problems. He goes, go watch them train. And he made the point, you know how you know who the best players are? if their teammates give them the ball at training. If your teammates aren't giving you a ball at training, you're not good. Because they don't want it to fuck up, they don't want the ball to hit the ground, they don't want the drill to come a cropper, etc., etc., etc. So the mentality is, I think that a few of those guys get to know each other when they start working in close with one another and get a, a sense of uh, camaraderie and a sense of um, confidence that, no, no, this guy's actually not bad. Yep. I can trust this guy not to make an error that gets us yelled at by the coach on a Tuesday afternoon that we don't really need. Um, I reckon we should change the entire scouting system, Sean, and just... No, but the point was, he goes... You no, go one, and, no one's going to rock up to any games anymore. We're just no, no, the point was, he goes, there's no point going to watch... He goes, there's no point going to watch <coughs> Nick Dacos. He goes, there's no point watching the Oakley Chargers anymore to watch Nick Dacos play football. But who does Nick Dacos give the ball to at training? Because we know he can play, but who's he comfortable giving the ball to? Because that's an interesting thing. And I thought, no, that's actually quite right. Um, Timbo, Samo, didn't have a massive, massive game. Just the 15 touches at 250 metres gained. We need to unlock a way or a means of giving him the ball more often. When no he, doubt. When there, he gets there, it, there was a bit very, very late where he kicked one from the half back out to the wing. It might have even been to a Paddy Dow, but uh, to rather a Matt Kennedy. Um, and it just opened up the game and, and we, we, we've all watched a couple of the highlights, lowlights, whatever you want to call it, from the VFL and when Daniel O'Keefe talked about him and he was sort of saying that they all they knew was that Sam Petrovsky-Seaton is one of the most damaging players in the AFL when he's kicking the ball forward. Kicking the ball sideways, kicking the ball backwards just isn't in his... It, it doesn't help anybody when he does it. He's not a long kick, not normally. He can kick it long, but he the way that he opens up the game, so long as he's kicking the ball forward, um, he is um, he is doing his job. I think what I liked, there was a moment to... He did it a couple of times when it got tight, when it got really tense late on. 
and I put the tweet out. Has he got the most underrated don't argue in the AFL? <laughs> like, legit, legitimately. It's, people, it's, it's, it's smooth. Yeah. It's, people, smooth, it's not... Dusty's is... is look, it's brutal. It's, it's like, brutal, it's, yeah. Dusty's Bruce, like getting the a shotgun to the chest. It's like, it's, it's like the Bruce Lee one-finger punch type thing. It's just like a... It's just graceful. Yeah, like Dusty's is a shotgun blast to the chest and Samo's got the beanbag gun, but it's enough to just make you go, oh, shit. And you've just lost him. They're trying to grab at him. He just, it's, he's really quite interesting to watch in that way. I mean, we, uh, there's only one, pl- one place to go next is... Ah, oh, Sam. Sam Walsh. We're just completely desensitised to this man. The AFL industry is. They're just completely... They're just so casual and about what this guy's doing. So much so that you've got people justifying, oh, like Caleb Sarong did a good job on him. Kept him, no. kept him to 25, nine in the last. <laughs> and, and, and the game winner. And the decisive goal. <laughs> Look, Caleb Sarong yeah. came into the game when he went off him and was allowed to play his own game. He personally did better, but he was getting pants when he was on, on Sam in the early stages of the game, absolutely getting killed. Walsh just breaks them, Timbo. He just breaks them down slowly. They try to go with him, and he, they, just, they can't go with him for the full 120. That, and that's that's exactly what I was going to say. You got 120 minutes, and you can work as hard as you want on this kid for a period, but there will be a moment where you cannot you cannot keep going. He will get off the chain, and when he gets it, he does something with it every single time. And you know all the all the comments from Kane Corns in the early days when he was trying to justify why he he's just a player and he's very vanilla. He just said he doesn't hurt you with disposal. It's sort of like, mate, he is he's as complete as you get. He does it inside. He does it outside. Um, he runs all day. You can't keep up with him. He's courageous. He's good in the air. He can create a goal from nothing down in the pocket. And he and he brick. Brings teammates into the game and all that sort of stuff, but to, to be in that situation when he when he got it and he hit it and you've gone as soon as he hit it you've you, you've thought this is going awfully close and when it went through you've just gone you are you are the you're immaculate he, I, I, there are no there is nowhere else to go in the praise for this kid after fifty three games of football um, he's on his way to becoming an all timer I put the tweet out during the week Fab that. It just came to me. I just thought to myself, we're watching a guy here, like Tim said, 53-odd games at the moment. He will be a 300-plus gamer for us. The way he's going, his durability and all that stuff, the way he plays, you kind of go, I put it out, I think he'll push Brattles. And you go, he's, he's the sort of guy where you, you, you sit back and go... And I, the argument I made you know, online was that... Um, Two players had reached 400 games in 115 years. Well, three have done it in the last five. So this idea of longevity in the game is is such a big thing now, mm. where more players are getting to 300. And that's because of a litany of things. There's more money in the game. Sports science is better. Recovery is better. Diets are better. All that kind of stuff. And sometimes you're just a freak. Well, yeah. sometimes sometimes you just ride gigs. You just yeah. well, and you can't get injured. That's and 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 I you know take your action there too, Fabian, you know, this kid's got everything that you need, so touch wood, he can just keep sound and just keep plying his craft the way that he's doing it, because if, if he gets a run at it and gets 
consistency. And he seems like he just does everything right. You know, he seems like he's got the the off field work ethic. He's not a dickhead. He's not gonna he's not gonna be um, wayward off the field in any way, shape, or form. He seems to come from a terrific family. He just seems like he's just got it laid out in front of him that so long as he's prepared to continue to work and the opportunities come his way, he's just going to set the tone for modern football. And with the way that he runs, and so long as he remains durable, he, he, he can do whatever he wants. It just really. feels like, it does feel like we are <laughs> underrepresenting him and what he is doing this year every week. And but it, how it can feels, you possibly do it justice? That's what sure. I mean. It, like, what, what, more, what more can you do? It does. It, it feels uh, like we can't. And you, you feel like you're, doing, you're selling him short and it, it feel, you feel bad because <laughs> what he's doing is so remarkable. We, we can't really quite put it into words. But, he, look, he's fantastic. He's, we're so blessed to have him wearing the navy blue and we can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, Faber Ganoush. Patrick Cripps yeah. had an injury night. He copped the, the foot uh, ailment early when he uh, very similar to how he broke his leg as Tim pointed out on the, yep. the text and obviously, what Daisy did obviously when he, he wasn't still a colleague obviously kicked yeah. the other guy's foot and soldiered on um, in great discomfort but he actually ended up playing a really important really selfless role I think he ended up with 23 touches 5 kicks so obviously forced to handball more it was almost like throwback Patrick Cripps mm, you, you mentioned that on the um, on the group text where it probably forced him to kind of be the facilitator and um, it was providing that link. So Paddy's been trying to break lines. Well, he doesn't really do it by foot. He tries to run through people. So um, and he was he was being in, getting involved all by hand. And um, it was Patrick Cripps of old. And I, I reckon that's his. Sorry, Kingy, but it's his one wood. It's what made him who he is. And if Look, no injuries are good, and I still reckon that he's not going to play for a couple of weeks. I don't think he'll recover too well from it. Touch wood. Hopefully, I'm wrong. But you're not the doctor here. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I haven't. Got to, um, I, unless I haven't he wants to drive. Through. Well, unless yeah, that is true. <laughs> no, unless no, he's no, gone to the, the drive-through yet. So yeah, I defer all the, all medical uh, analysis to uh, to the great man. But if it's if anything good comes out of it, it is hopefully it shows him that. You can still be the champion football. Don't get caught up in this uh, Marcus Bontempelli type role where you think you have to do everything, be everything, kick goals, do what you do best because what you do best is the best in the league. I did laugh when there was a few moments where he, he was able to link up, but he was almost like eyeballing his teammates going, I can't kick the ball. So you're going to have to come to me. He's sort of motioning, going, I can't kick it. You're going to have to come closer. And, like, it, it took them a little while to kind of go, ah, okay, sure thing. He had a he good moment. A, he hit a target inside 50 on the left. On the left, yeah. He had a good moment with Matty Kennedy where he put on a good shepherd and they linked up and they got out of trouble. And he had one on the other side of the ground, uh, the bench side as well, which was, like I said, it was just funny that it felt like he's sitting there going, everyone in the ground knows I'm not going to kick the ball. Except for the other 17 blokes Except on Except for the navy blue, the white jumpers on this occasion. Um, Timbo, Jacob Wiedering. Yeah, it was uh, it was a hell of a performance, wasn't it? He, um, he, he, he had to shoulder a hell of a big load. A, Rory Lobb is a gigantic human being and um, 
and and coming and came into the game in some pretty damn good form, both both in the volume of the ball that he was getting, the marks he was taking, and his ability to be able to kick goals. So, and and for that fifty minute period where the volume of ball going inside fifty, he had to be absolutely on his metal. Um, but it just showed the difference between a really, really smart footballer and a guy who's probably come into football more of an athlete, as Rory Lobb is. And I'm a Lobb fan, um, but he was just too strong for him. Despite the size differential, he was just too strong. And obviously, if there was ever if, if there was ever a moment that typified the game, the one-hander uh, was sensational. Um, and just between you and me, Sean... Here we go. Woohoo! This season has seen some phenomenal mark of the year candidates, some fantastic high marks. Obviously, Sammy Walsh won it last year, going back with the fly of the ball in in front of an oncoming, you know, Charlie Dixon with with a you know head of steam and a bit of rage as Charlie Dixon can. It would never happen, but that mark is as good as you are going to see in the context of the game the way it was going, the size of the opponent, and just to push him out of the way and still be able to take it one hand, that should be a mark of the year contender. It won't be, but it should be. Timbo, you know why it won't be? Because football fans are simpletons. They don't, oh, they don't, no they don't appreciate that. Like That is an unbelievably... To be wrestling with somebody, grappling, 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 you've got a split second to go, okay, here is the release. I've got to lose him. And then I've actually got to get my hands up and clunk it. It's phenomenal, Mike. Yep. I agree. It's fantastic, Mike. We're going to go now back to uh, Fabergé here, and uh, we've got we've got a, a special miniature miniature. Oh, hold on, that's the wrong button. The MGA traffic big question. It's a miniature big question. Actually, it's a miniature big question and a hybrid just between me and you. Now that I think of it, just ticking all those boxes. Do you still have Michael Gibbons ahead of Jack Silvani? You idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. I never had Gibbo ahead of Jackson. I'm happy to, uh, Tim, go, to go back to the tape. Tim, I had Gibbons in the forward line. I had him Tim, in ahead of Eddie Betts. And if the question is that, no, Shawnee B. No. Tie, tie break, Tim. We were plumping for Jack Silvani, I believe. And no, we I yielded. had Jack Silvani on the half forward flank. No, you. I didn't think you had him on the bench. Yes, I did. I've got it written in the office. I can pull it up and Tim, scan it. People can see it. Weigh in on this, Tim. Your silence is only making me angry. <laughs> no, I'm hearing it. Um, I do have a funny feeling that he may have had Michael Gibbons in a forward pocket. I did. He, I did. It may not have been at Jack Silvani's expense. It was at Jack Silvani because we were sitting there going, yeah. where's Jack no. Silvani? And he was like, Jack oh, Silvani Gibbons was on my bench. He was playing. But he had been squeezed out by Michael Gibbons. Yes. Michael Gibbons was in in place of an Eddie Betts. Now, if your question Which still applies, yeah. I actually think Eddie is in some decent form right now. That's not the question. That's not the question. You had Gibbons ahead of Silvani. That's not no, the question. No, on the, the question ground, is, yes. On the ground. The question is, you've been made... To look like a complete fool. No, no, no. <laughs> I had him in the in the team. You guys didn't have him in the team. We yes, we did. Pockets. What are you talking about? We were we were vouching for him to be part of our front six. No, no. I had Gibbons in the team. You guys had no legitimate forward pockets. Silvani. I had Sauce on the bench. You're only incriminating yourself further. Do you want to go through the poll of the uh, Chili Peppers versus the Killers? What the fuck does that have to stop, do? Stop deflecting. It's your decision here. You're no, an idiot. Look, look, look. And you're a fake Italian. 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 And you're a
I always had Silvani there, and I had Gibbons in didn't have because Silvani Fish there. Fish was missing the start of the year. Anyway, Jack, your boy, oh. uh, you betrayed him, and he's made you look like a complete idiot. He hasn't made me look like a complete idiot. No, I just you didn't have a place for him. Everything, everything that bloke, that little, he just he he, he brings joy to all Carlton supporters, and I think as soon as you know the name, everyone just gets excited, but. When he finally gets some recognition from the the wider football public and the media, I'm just wrapped because I've seen for many years now what he can bring to the table. You finish with an equal team high nine score involvements and a team high six inside fifties, as if well, to underline um, his impact in the front half. And and the best thing he does are all statless stuff. It's pressure. It's positioning. He's he is a footballer, and they were at pains to say on the uh, on the coverage that he spent an hour out in the ground practicing goal kicking. Show showed last night too. Yep. So, um, no, nah, love oh, Jack. I think what the thing, what the good or the most important thing about Jack is that, particularly when a game is shaping up like last night's, you actually not that they, not that the other players don't, but Jack gives a shit. Oh, yeah. He worked hard from, I reckon, 15, 20 minutes to go in the last quarter to five or ten minutes to go. There was a lot of rotations, and our forward line was really down on numbers and size, and it asked him to be continually leading across the ground as we were trying to switch it and being the, the, the um, you know, going from one side of the ground to the other, and he had to be the option and be the one that was presenting. And I don't know if that came across on the telecast or not. It did. They actually, they pointed it out on the telecast. Oh, he was, he was, there was one point in time he was was exhausted. How did we get our rotation so wrong that we landed those specific players on the bench? Yeah. The fact that the ball was on the outer wing, that's just, you can't help that sometimes. But the fact that those three were just caught at that time of the game off was just, I don't know. I think the thing with Jack is ultimately, you know, and, and I'll give Darcy Fogarty... Um, Lockie? Lockie Fogarty, sorry, a, um, a shout-out here. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ahmed Saad. And Ahmed Saad. Are you just concentrating on getting Adam Saad? I'll give... I'll give, I'll give uh, I said I got Darcy out, then I had that momentary thing. Where I was like, that is completely wrong. It's like, what is his name? <laughs> um, I'll give Lock, uh, Lockie a shout-out as well. But, you know, Jack obviously understandably gets it. Like, his old man, his old man was born with it. Like it's in the fucking Silvani marrow, this you know this competition, competitiveness, and you know heart, and he was a really important um, part of why we were able to hold on and in the end kick away. Um, and, and we've long talked, Sean, about the impact of the less time that runners can spend out on the ground, and so having guys that are genuinely footy smart um, is always going to hold you in extremely good stead. And the fact that, you know, Lockie Fogarty and Jack Silvani, it's no surprise that they, those two guys are pure footballers and to be able to have the smarts and wherewithal at really key moments in the game, um, they're the guys that can take the game by the scruff of the neck and keep them in it. And not for the first time this season, when Jack gets the ability to run and carry and deliver the ball inside 50, he has people yelling at him, you know, for the short handball or the short kick. He has the ability to, no, I'm, I'll make the right decision here. It's, everything seems to slow down when he gets the ball, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, and he always does make the right decision. Yeah. Uh, two other very important figures in the wash were uh, 
Ahmed Saad and um, Nick, <laughs> Nick Newman. Um, they ended up with 975 metres gained between them, um, one and two in that stat for Carlton on the night. Wiedering was second. Um, we need to stop. The, the, the Nick Hines stuff just needs to stop. We sort of put a bit of a line under it last week. I mean, this week, can we just... Nick Hines running into goalposts and like just turning the ball over like the hack fraud that he is and shit like that, getting caught holding the ball. Adam Saad is different class, uh, and last night, that shone, his ball use, his dare, his dash, fantastic. And Nick Newman, in a different way, you know, Fabian, similarly, um, really positively income impacted the result. Nick Newman's classy. He's classy. And he's got, I don't know if you've picked this up at the ground, but he does a kick in. I think he kind of half plays on from a kick in, but he, everything, all the opposition knew thought he was either going down the line or to the left. And then you kick the ball on someone's chest 50 metres away to the right. It kind of it looks like a kick without looking. It was like, wow, that's impressive. Dermy picked it up on the coverage, which was um, which was good. But he's just, he's so skillful. Occasionally he can, he can absolutely hack it up. Um, he did hardly, it a couple of times uh, last night. He's hardly David Caruso there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you don't expect it from him. And, and he, he blew up a couple of um, contests last night too when he had to be really, really hard um, and really, really provide a, um, a physical presence um, and kill a contest. He was able to do it a couple of times and really help Weeders and, and Jones and Plowman out at that. And he, he played a very, very good game. And we, we touched on it, and it's, it's done the rounds a little bit on Twitter today, but I was driving home and uh, and the obviously the commentary was done by 6PR and you had Tim Gossage and you had Paul Hazelby. And Tim Gossage warned him and said, please don't do, like I, he goes, I love you, but please don't, I, I really recommend you don't do what I think you're about to do. And he turned around and he gave his 3-2-1 as Sean Darcy, um, Andrew Brayshaw and Luke Ryan. And you've gone, they led for one point for two minutes in the whole game, and now I, I have no problems with Sean Darcy being the say, best Sean player Dar- on the ground. Sean Darcy, I'd have given him votes. Yep, if, and and um, if, if if they had have won in the same way that we would have given votes to Sam Walsh for pulling out the key goal when it counted, that the Andrew Brayshaw influence in the third quarter was immense. But Luke Ryan was just a vanilla game. He got a lot of the footy. He had 20 possession. Sorry, he had 20 kicks, five handballs. He had 526 metres gained. And Nick Newman had 24 possessions with 23 kicks, one handball, and 571 metres gained. But if, if you want to see it, you'll see it. If you're looking through your purple eyes, that's all you're going to see. But like Luke Ryan, you know, we know that we don't want it in his hands. Um, but for some reason, obviously, they're not recognising the influence that the Nick Newmans and the Adam Sards are having when they've got it in theirs. So I suppose ultimately... Just really, really peculiar. Ultimately, I suppose it's a product of this game up until whatever Thursday was going to be at Optus Stadium and um, AFL Nation, which obviously broadcasts through the SEN banner, had rostered on Gossage and Hazelby to do the call, and it was going to be for a Perth audience. So... The national exposure probably wasn't a, um, a an outcome that they were bargaining for. I'm just going to give my votes to the Perth-based audience, True. and they're not going to care and blah, blah, blah. But you get the national exposure because the game's in Melbourne. It, it does beg the question, driving home, I said to Dad, where did he have the first Carlton player then? Well, that, and In that's the winning exactly team, right. is, is it fourth? Is it fifth? <laughs> is it... 
Did they have it's the five? 20, it's, it's 23rd. <clears throat> but I'm like, you're sort of going realistically, did they have the five best players on the ground in a loss? That's and, and, and unusual. And I think realistically, what, what, what we learnt last night was unlike previously where we've had to rely on our guns almost exclusively and that individual brilliance, there was a genuine depth of um, contribution last night. And, and I think that as a Carlton supporter, you walk away and you, and you can see the progression and the development in a handful of kids and you're going, I see that we're, in, we're improving. We've got a hell of a long way to go because, you know, we could have won that game easily if we had been able to keep playing the game on our terms. Um, and in the end, what came out of it was more about the fight and that, that we, we showed along the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was, a, it was a strange night all round, wasn't it? Well, that's what happens when Paul Hazelby lived a sheltered football life playing in a two-team town that's convinced those in that town that he was a lot better player than he was. Um, Gossage did say to him, where's Wiedering, where's Walsh? You know, he, he gave him the opportunity to be able to put him in and he goes, nah, I'm doing it. I'm, doing I'm going it. for it. And then lastly, in the chicken salads, uh, Faber Ganoush. You know who's a little player who's just making a believer of a few people? Who? Matt Owies. Yep. He's making a believer out of me. He does um, a lot of, he just does a lot of little things right. He does. He mobs up in the right place. What, the, the job of a small forward is to put pressure on and kick goals, and he keeps kicking goals. Um, people say he gets on the on the end of a lot. Luke Bruce has been doing that for 12 years. Getting on um, the end of it. Yep. I, Nothing wrong I, with it. You can't see him getting dropped at the moment. Um, you're going to take your hats off to him. He's, he's working hard. He's taking the majority of his opportunities. What else can you ask from a small forward? He's clean. He gets yep. up the ground. Um, he makes good decisions. No, he's, he's, there, he's ticking a lot of boxes. There, there's no razzle-dazzle. There's nothing sexy. He's a meat and potatoes, right place, right time opportunistic small forward who can put pressure on and he is doing his job really bloody well. We're going to move now onto the chicken shits and there's a couple there that we'll work our way through quickly. Um, Fab, it was still very much a case of um, player not system that got the result and Tim mentioned before a pleasing sort of aspect of that if you will is that it wasn't a Crips for instance that dragged us over the line, it was a breadth of contribution from the line players but still at the same time it didn't feel like we won the last quarter and won the game because, boys, here's what we're doing, here's how we're playing, go out and execute it. It was just fucking all hands Graft. to the pump. Yeah, Here yeah. we go. All shoulders to the one wheel. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And the pl- at least the players sensed it because as soon as I, – I don't know what happens, but as soon as an opposition coach makes a move, because we were doing quite well, for about a quarter and a half, and then the midfield dynamic changed and we just could not win it. And I don't understand how... If you, like I said, momentum changes. And I texted you blokes and said, momentum's changed, let's see how we deal. That happened five minutes ago, Fab. I've moved on from that. This yeah. was my response and to you. Did you see minutes. that goal? <laughs> yeah, that was five minutes, then ten minutes, then twenty minutes, then into the next quarter. Fab like, actually sent me a message this morning. He was talking about something from the third quarter. I thought, <laughs> mate, it's been run and won, Fab. Um, there is an opposition out there, and you're going to have times when they are on top and they are the momentum's with them, but we just cannot arrest it ever. There's no. 
we just don't know how to pull any levers. I don't even know if there's any levers to pull, but it was like this thing isn't – the three-quarter time siren needed to come because we were absolutely – we weren't cooked from a, a physical point of view. We just had no answers. We couldn't get the hands on our ball. Sorry. We couldn't we get the hand. hands on our balls. We couldn't get our hands on the ball. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, we'll let you get that one sorted. Um, probably a frustrating aspect of the night, Tim, was that when it came to our ball movement, as soon as, as Fab said, they kind of got on top a little bit and the momentum started to shift back their way, we became really conservative. We became really tentative. We started to crab our way really wide. And that just makes us predictable and easy to defend. You know, we constantly move the ball to the worst parts of the ground from which to attack. We, we, we spent no time in the corridor um, from about the 10-minute mark of the second quarter almost all game thereafter. Um, even when we did find something late, we were going via the Cape. Uh, pre- predominantly on that outer, outer wing, it just seemed that was where we were getting most of our work done. Um, if you were Justin Longmuir, you were sitting in the box and they're saying, they're doing what we want, they're doing what we want, they'd force us to play a style. And, and, and you're right, we were slow at times when we'd get the ball, whether it was a kick-in or the first kick or an intercept mark, and you get an opportunity to then be able to set up and do something new and different. And you know, when the switches were on, we wouldn't do it quickly enough. Um, and, um, and, and when there was like, – there wasn't – granted, there wasn't enough run – you know, across that sort of half-back line, sort of through the midfield, there wasn't enough movement to create space and give opportunities to the guys that had the foot in. You know, we'll crucify, we'll crucify Liam Jones for the, the shit kicks that he did, but there wasn't always great options. Like, he, he, he tried to bite off more than he can chew, and he didn't long execute. Long down the long. Well, that, that's what I said. That's, that's, that's the what, only option he's got. That's, it's all he needs to be told. No. But, no. We, but if we'll there's a player in space, no. hit him. Otherwise, no. it's 50 metres down the line. This is the chicken shit. I get, I get that, but you're not winning the game when you're doing that. No, this is fine. There's a workaround to it. So we'll jump ahead slightly, but the, the chicken shit I had noted here was Liam Jones kicking the football. just can't happen anymore. If he, the options he has is dump kick down the line. Mm. I was going to say, he's going to have to kick That's it, it sometimes. Dump kick. Yeah. But other than that, you've, your kicking licence has been revoked. And well, if you, you are a back flanker... Oh, switch, even that's dangerous. Fast switch to space. Yeah, it if is. If you are a back flanker, Tim, if you're a, yeah. like a Saad, a Williamson, a Williams, if he's out there, a Doherty, if he's out there, etc. Newman. Um, Liam Jones is the is perfect he? teammate because he's going to take seven or eight intercept marks every week, and that's seven of the eight, seven or eight of the easiest touches you'll ever have every single week. Like there is a lot of money and footy IQ and footy IP in our coach's box. There's too much of it to allow him to continue kicking the ball like that. Okay. It's the low driving spot up pass that he just can't do. It's not even, sometimes fab. It's not even that he's necessarily his lengthy kicks a bad okay. kick, kicks but he just above. takes the wrong option every like he just too often. Yeah, and those options are when he tries to thread and he tries to bullet pass. That's why he did one earlier in the season at uh, at Marvel and he smack he hit someone on the chest and he did shit. Just the wrong someone, I think I think Brad Johnson in the commentary box said that's the greatest kick Liam Jones has ever done. But he'll do that. But he'll just in hit up career. the opposition. Yeah, he'll just he, lace them he out. He may have been aiming somewhere else. Yeah, you go. Yeah. You go. If you were trying <laughs> to just, kick the just ball, play to him. within your play to your limits. Andrew Carazzo was the classic. Once once he realised that he didn't have AFL top shelf skills, 
he would get it enough that he knew that he had to just play within his limits and he going, rather than try and kick the 10 out of 10 kick, kick a 4 out of 10. You know, just, you know, from a dare risk perspective, go the safe option. If it's 10 metres shorter than it would otherwise be to a guy that's five five metres further away from his opponent that you've got opportunity to, um, even if you don't quite nail it, um, the decision was right and the position on the ground will um, look after you. Absolutely. Liam needs to be kicking it like that. They, they just need to say to anyone down there who is a good kicker, and there's Liam Stocker, you mentioned Newman, you know, there's guys even, down there. Even Wiedering. There, there is everyone else in that back six. Lockie Plowman's can be a bit hit and miss, but generally he's okay. But mm-hmm. everyone else in that back six is a better kick. Give them the ball. Correct. And then they can kick it. Um, the ruck spot, Fabian, we don't want to hang out to TDK because he was playing against a really good developing ruckman in Darcy who's got four odd years now in the system and he's yep. um, starting to come into his own You know, this year pretty much. He'd shown glimpses in the last couple, but this year's his sort of coming out party. We're so underrepresented in this spot on our list and it's, yep. it's proving to be a problem. We're going to speak about Levi Casbolt in a moment. We, we just don't have enough ruck options. That are genuine AFL quality. Absolutely. We're very short in that position. And as soon as the early exuberance and the run and jump and the athleticism wore off from TDK, because he started okay, um, we we just had nothing. We had nothing. And playing Levi as a follow-up ruckman, Look, barring gonna, the last we'll, five we'll minutes, you're going to give him his juice. Keep, but keep your powder dry on, Levi, because we've got a whole segment about him. provided nothing in the ruck. What they need to do with TDK, and, and Darcy's a big um, you know, big boy, TDK's got him covered for athleticism. Move, mate. Yep. You're going to be on your bike. You're going to be running him around. You're going to have to present. We'll happily isolate you guys, but you're going to have to get on the lead. Try to blow Darcy up. He's not agile. He's a big boy. He's strong. If you stand and wrestle, he, he will yeah, beat you. A couple of times he didn't even leave the ground, Darcy. Spot still on. Marked it. He, he will stand and he will wrestle. Do not let him do that. Move him around. Get him on the lead. Try to blow him up that way because if you just go shoulder to shoulder with him, we, we don't really have a player that's going to beat him doing that. So no. don't bother. Darcy jumps like Faber Ganoush. It's kind of you bend the knees and elevate, but you ne- don't actually leave the ground. Well, I think, as you say, rather than the big, long kick up the ground, DeConning needs to be another one of the leading targets, pushing hard to space and linking up that way and, and forcing forcing Darcy to be more accountable. And, and, and if, once he's cleared out, at least if he's following TDK, then the kick up the line is less dangerous for us structurally. Absolutely. But he's, learned, he's learning his way. What game is this, 10 for oh, TDK? More than that. No, well, no, no, but the point maybe, maybe fifteen, but yeah, you're right. The point is yeah. good, and we're not. No one's hanging him out to draw on a performance no, against this a is guy. Not a that's, criticism of him, yeah. That's on a guy we, whose development is ahead of him, yeah, and understandably so. Um, we'll get to Levi Casbolt now. Not a good night for Levi. You mentioned that he had an okay sort of last five or ten five minutes because he took two marks. That doesn't in any way expo- um Sorry, that doesn't in any way excuse the hundred and ten odd minutes that preceded it, in which. He just spent the game falling over, failing to compete, getting in Harry's way, like just not offering anything. And you're going, we can't be carrying a guy. Oh, because he might take a mark at the end of the game. That is, what he did at the end of the game is what a competent AFL footballer should do. Just take take a Correct. mark. That's what you've been Correct. doing for 10-odd years. 
I'm not going to give you. A, I'm not going to chair him off the ground because he finally managed to take a mark. He got the Bronx cheers in the third quarter. <laughs> they came through on the TV as well. Unfortunately for Levi, everything that he used to do well, everything that we used to be able to rely on him to do, he's just not doing because he's physically incapable of doing it. We can't yeah. be carrying him if that's what we're going to get from him every week, uh, Fab. And as you said, he is getting in the way of our own players, and that's that's when it just becomes. I just said it. You're in the way, mate. You're actually a hindrance to us. You're not actually helping us in any way. And it was frustrating just to see everything he was, every time he was at a contest. I don't care. I want you to mark it because that's what you're in there to do. Bring it to ground. Give us a chance. You did nothing. It's like it's just is is a lump that really doesn't provide you anything. And it was just. What was most? We used to put up with the embarrassment because opposition supporters, and we all got mates who give us a, give us texts, you know, about Levi when he's well, having a well, shot. Tony, you think? Hey, your old man. No, my old man, Kaz built. He doesn't mind. He said he your mate Kaz built. Shit. <laughs> he's a shit. He was. Uh, he wasn't a fan of Lockie Plowman last night, my old man. Lockie Plowman is the. We said this, Tim. He's the ultimate Marmite footballer. Yep. It's bizarre. I've never, I've never seen. A, we don't want to get sidetracked on Lockie Plowman, but I've never ever seen a player who polarizes opinion like he does. There's no one in the middle. No one is agnostic about Lockie Plowman. Everyone's just love him or hate him. Everyone's I see the value or I won't, and I never will. It's bizarre. Will. But the point with with what was interesting about Casbolt last night was he was actually completely misjudging balls in flight. Yeah, and he was sort of like. You know, it's not that you're not even getting to the contest. Occasionally he didn't. But occasionally he was just completely misjudging them. Yeah. And you just went, whoa. He's out of rhythm. Is that, everything is he's out of form. So and in, even the ball on the ground, trying to lay tackles. You know, you said the kick. Brilliant. Unfortunately. The, the set play, I loved it. He's, he's <laughs> going to be put in the highlights package because Sam Walsh ends up kicking one of the goals yeah. of the year. Yep. He wanted to kick long. He ended up kicking it off the side of his boot four metres. I thought, he drew, I thought he missed his boot initially, and I'm like, what? You just went, Jesus Christ. That was back. You know what it is? That was almost the perfect bookend to... Um, he I'm, makes Satantaro help him look like Darren Jarman at well, times. Honestly, it's ridiculous. It's no mean feat. That, that was almost the perfect uh, the bookend to remember when Brock McLean kicked the goal against the Tigers and Levi jumped up to mark it, and yep. he like just missed his fingertips. And you're sort of like, you were doing what you thought was the right idea, but you didn't execute it. Anywhere well enough, but all's well that ends well. We end up with a goal. Yeah. Um, now is time for Fabian's uh, favourite segment, of course. That is... You've got mail. That's a lie. Fabian has no favourite segments. I love all the segments equally. Shut up. Uh, David Patmore, his first cab off the rank. Looks like you're swilling a jar of piss, Fabian. <laughs> is that your own urine? It's a giant Gatorade. You know, you know what I wonder? Why don't Gatorade... You know, like... So, down at Box Hill and, and all the clubs do it, they do the powder. Yep. And yep. it's crap. It never tastes like anything. It's, it's They do hor- powder down at Box Hill? Come it's, on, sure. It's horrendous. This idea that, like, oh, just get the, the scoops and just put it in the water and mix it around. It doesn't taste like anything. It doesn't do anything. It's not refreshing. It, that's crap. Why don't they just sell big Gatorade kegs? Why don't, Gator, why don't Gatorade literally, and the clubs just get them, you just get like, I don't know, like a big Gatorade bottle that's got like 40 litres of Gatorade in it. 
or 20, whatever. How do you think they make that down at the plant? And like they make everything else, you don't. They're not making it to sell on supermarket yeah, shelves. They add just, water to. Yeah, they add water to a, a syrup. mixture. Yeah, but it's a syrup. So yeah, that's what you're doing. No, you, it's a syrup. A mixture in a powdered just form. a bigger container. No, it's a syrup that they actually use at the facility, not yeah, a powder. Sell the syrup. No, they do, but it's crap. So why don't they just sell not commercially? So you don't. You walk into Safeway, you can't buy a thirty-liter bottle of Gatorade. But for the footy clubs, just sell a big fucking bottle of Gatorade that just got a little tap at the bottom of it. This doesn't make any sense while you're mixing this powder and it's shit. It's a shit representation of the product. It's David costs. Oh, whatever. It's no... It's, you know how many people would want these bottles well, you don't of have to drink it, Sean. You're not, you're not players. No, but it's, it's just... All the players drink it and you kind of like... I don't know. Just get me... It just gets me riled up. It could be made to order, I reckon. If you said you've got a standing you'd... order of we want four barrels a week... Exactly then, right. And every other footy club is doing it. Then you just got some dude in a truck that's delivering. You know, you're not even doing that. You probably just deliver them to the venue. Yeah, and just have them at the venue, and they're just a big keg that sits on the table. Like I said, it could be shaped like a bottle of Gatorade, but it's just big. Like on the back of the little like the sauce bottles that, that you see mate, in the cricket. Sp- absolutely, yeah. spot on. Uh, David Patmore is our first mailbox. Um, get in touch if anyone works at Coca Cola Amatil and can hook that up. I'll get you a promotion if you suggest it. Um, David Patmore said, love to see Weeders showing a bit of fire, uh, which he did at the three-quarter time huddle. Could he develop to be a more vocal leader? Also loving Kennedy. Overhead marking option and inside the contest. Hope he can keep building it. I think Weeders is that guy that you need. He's the guy behind the ball, and there's a reason why we keep talking about soccer, but there's a reason why in soccer a lot of captains are defenders or goalkeepers because they see the whole field. And you can direct traffic, you can be vocal, you can actually legitimately help your teammates out. And he's very demanding, isn't he? He knows what he wants to see, he knows what he needs around him, um, and he, he does demand it. The guy last night who you know, impressed me greatly in the way that he was directing traffic and screaming at opponents, oh, sorry, teammates, when there was three guys in the, the setup was Plough. Plough Plough's was good at that. He, he was phenomenal. And again, every bug that sits there and says, oh, you made a mistake there, player. That's the reason why I hate you. you you're sitting there and you're going, you've already, you've, already made, you've already made your decision on player, so I can't help you. But if you actually sit there and see what he does, what he can deliver and how he helps us be better and ha- how he gives us our best chance of winning games of football, he's a, he is a very, very good member of this football club. I like it how that question became about Plough when it was no, about no, Weeder no. and Kennedy. But look, and Kennedy as well. Um, you know, we'll, we'll call him Joey for the case, you know, Joey and Ahmed Saad and uh, Darcy Fogarty. Um, you know, he he put in another good showing. It was good to see. Uh, Faber, Faber Ganoush, uh, John S. has gotten in touch with us. Is there any coincidence that midfielders like Kennedy and Dow and to some extent Samo are playing excellent football in the seniors now that Barker has left? <sighs> You'd hate to say yes. I reckon it's just a coincidence. Um, I think the review and Johnny leaving, I think there's been a bit of a, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a semi-reset at the club. A need for change. Yeah. So um, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily a John Barker issue because removing someone and replacing him with nobody... He's, it isn't really changing too much. I just think it's a whole of club 
mindset at the moment that I, I could suppose, be driving the. Uh, I suppose what it does, though, change in fortunes is it demands, as Tim alluded to, it demands that, or it gives whoever comes in power, the license to actually go. We need to try something different because if I just do what the last guy did, well, how are we going to are we going to get a different result? What's the likelihood of of a different outcome here? So maybe we do this, and 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 there's a psychology as well. If a Luke Power comes in and actually puts his arm around a Dow, a Kennedy, a Samo, guys that have you know got their noses out of joint and been on the outs, and actually kind of says, "I believe in you, I back you, I'll get you in the team, I'll vouch for you at match committee," and that creates a sense of those players playing for their new line coach who's given them a renewed lease on life and blah, 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 blah. Um, Len Jett has uh, gotten in touch again. Uh, would love to get your thoughts on bets for next year. Jimmy Faz and I were debating uh, points and I'm on the fence about it. I agree that his performances have been good post-round seven, but next year he'll be 35. Is it one year too many? And as a flow-on from that, Jade Paul asked, will Eddie get another year? It's a balancing act, isn't it? Because his football for the last little while has been really good. He's contributing. He's worked himself into some fault. He's dangerous. What they have to have a conversation about is when when are there any signs that that is ending, Tim? There's always this. The, the, what do they say that the the club that you're playing for now knows six months out how far away you are or where you are? Are there any signs at the moment that geez, yeah, the, the end might be right around the corner? Well, I think the questions become. How does he go at training? Yep. You know, is he doing full sessions? Is he having to do a lot of work to be able to keep his body right just to get out on the ground every single week? He's had two off-seasons where he's had calf issues. He's not a young man anymore. Um, and and this, this is being a, just a purely black and white judgment of a player of his age. Um, but he has X Factor. He works hard. He brings the crowd into it. He plays with passion. If Eddie Betts turns around at the end of the season and he says, I am adamant, I am right to go, I will get through the season, I will give you what you need, I think you seriously consider it. The secondary question to it is, how's Corey Durden going? Now, he was our first pick in the draft. Is he close to playing? Hasn't been found yet, Timbo. No, this is true. Owies, Owies has stepped up significantly and has been pro- he has been probably one of the fines of the season. And then, obviously, all things going well, we should be looking at having Charlie Curnow playing. We should be looking at having Mitch McGovern playing. So what does your forward line structure look Zach like? Zach Fisher's going to come back in. Zach, Zach Fisher comes back. So there, there are a lot of moving parts that says, well, how do you make this happen? At the end of the day right now, he is a rookie-listed player. Keeping him in that position on our list moving forward is not a bad thing. So, I'm, Does he have to play 22 games? No. Oh, no, That's I don't. I, I, I think when we picked be, him up, he, he never had need to. to be, does he even need to be ready at round one? No. So if he's, if he's pre-season is slower and longer and he is... Because there's, there's, there's no coincidence that he's worked himself into some form. If, if he's on the list and he's not ready to go but he's... Okay, he's a round six plus player, and even I don't then, know if that's. I, I if, don't necessarily if, if agree with that. I don't. I, agree, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because you're you're putting a guy in cotton wool for what? I'm not saying it is. It's just just give him. I don't have if he to can train, rush him to be ready for a, a date when. Uh, no, no, it's not about that. I think if he can train, if he can meet 
and satisfy the rigors of a of an AFL preseason. If he can get and, through, as Tim said, want to. if he can, as Tim said, if he can get through training week to week as it is, I'll ask you a question in closing. If he was thirty, would we be having these conversations based on how he's playing? No, no. So, I think being realistic, the age is a concern, but at the same time, his form has actually been relatively good thus far. And again, another part of the argument, you mentioned Durden, you mentioned Fisher, you mentioned Owies, you mentioned these guys, Charlie coming back in, Harry's developing, Mitch McGovern, etc. Could their development be better for having Eddie around? Possibly. Yeah, and th- th- these are all the questions that are all part of the, the minestrone that is the... Uh, the minestrone. Minestrone. These are the questions that are in front of you, like... Everybody loves Eddie Betts. You know, if you turned around and you said, do you want Eddie Betts playing football? I would watch Eddie Betts play footy at the age of 55. He would probably still put bums on seats. But there does come a time when you're going, what is the right decision? And and I think ultimately Eddie probably makes the decision. He may be playing great footy right now because he knows he's got, what, seven games to go. And he, he's feeling good. He goes, I can get there. I'm enjoying my footy. And he, he may have... He, in his heart of hearts, may have already made the decision that he's not going on, and that's why he's playing well. But that's just speculation. So I'm uh, fascinated. No, I'd love him too, but if he doesn't, the job that he's done in coming back, I think he's been great. No, look, we use the, the fact that we're asking a question is, is good. Correct. Rather, Rather than, than the decision saying, having been made for him already. That's, that's right. Agreed. We uh, Agreed. obviously use the phrase to watch this space, but in Eddie's case, I think whichever way it washes out, you sort of go, yeah, I get it. Uh, exactly the, Teague, right. the Teague strain has come in. Yeah, I've got a hard, I'm coming in with a hard hitting question. Why isn't Sean getting around Club Ganoush since it started? The boys are two and zero. Junior, <laughs> Junior also asked this. Now, boys, I mean, let's be real for a moment. Club Ganoush is not a real thing. It is it has real. No bearing. Club Ganoush is like girl power. It's like the Spice Girls. It's you know fairy floss. It's it's a wazzy. It's a woozy. Every mind, every go. <laughs> yeah. Listen, short, short. I, I need, I need thirty seconds, mate. Right? No, you're not going to get thirty seconds. I'm going to mute you. Don't be, Bob. Don't. This isn't a platform for you to speak to your fucking followers, Charlie. All right. All Don't right. think about that yeah. for a second. Listen, I'm just going to. I just want to give a shout out. If this ends in a multiple homicide, we've got it <laughs> right. all on tape. Right. The flat sticker. This will be at your. This Adrian will be at your Mott hearing. As a big daddy bagger. Brett O'Combo, Christian, David Ridley, Emma Louise, Ewan Morton, Gaz, James Heaney, Jay Hyatt, Josh Waldron, Junior. When did the Yellow Pages start Luke, listing Matt, idiots? Max White, Michael M, Navy Blue Beck, R.S. Grasso, Squirrel Cripps, Steve O. Raitman, Maltese Falcon, Navy Blue Corner. Tim Davis, the unlucky blues. <laughs> Who would have thought Tim Davis would Timothy be a Benedict Jay. Arnold and turn on the pod? The teach train. <laughs> Dutch Rudder, Anthony Caputi. Dutch Dr. Rudder. Pepper, Egg, Justin Lord. <laughs> Dutch Rudder. Slim, Slim's dog. Nathan, Garth McLaughlin and Anthony Richardson all have signed up in various packages this week. The packages aren't real. They don't exist. They're real. There's people who have been signing up for three-game memberships and there's others who have been signing up for diamond-crusted platinum memberships. It's a, it's a movement, Sean. It's for the people. Tim's got a Minestrone membership. <laughs> That's it. I'm a quadruple platinum member, actually, for what it's worth. That's it. 
And that's not to mention the amount of kids' memberships. People have asked for their kids to be on it, their dogs. Who? Who's, who has asked these questions? People have, have signed there, up for their there dogs. Was a, there was a dog question. A dog yeah. membership. You make it sound. People have, you know, there's, I can't remember who it was, but they signed up their three daughters. And it's good to have the, the, the female representation in this too. It's it's a movement. loves everybody. That's it. Fuck it's man. not about me. Fubba Ganoush. Who is it? Clubber Ganoush respects. It's going to be a, a new program. <laughs> We're all going to wear orange socks, right? <laughs> We're well on the way to reaching that 100 number that we set ourselves. So, yeah. um, look, this is a shout-out to everybody. Um, I've been trying to keep up with membership requests. Sorry if I've been a bit slow, but... Hashtag Club of Ganoush, get in touch. Hey, get Fab, on board. Fab yes, mate. credit where it's due. I didn't think you had this in you. I didn't think you were as loved as much as you are. But um, but the numbers <laughs> the numbers speak for themselves. You are you are a phenomenon. I'm a man of the people. You impress me. You're a fraud. <laughs> Do you know what I love? You had one bloke join one you in that and you, you were calling me every name under the sun and he goes, That's pretty funny. But I'll still sign up. (laughs) 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 Oh, and also, my old man asked me via text for a uh, for a membership as well. Club of Ganoush goes without saying. You're better than that, Tony. If you're listening, you're better than that. He didn't have to request it. He's uh, an honorary member. He's a what do they call it? He's along with uh, Jimmy Faz's old man and uh, Jay Hyatt's old man. Oh, Chris, honorary members. Oh, God. Do you know who else is an honorary member, Sean? I don't care. Keithy. No, he's not. He has no idea. Shout out downstairs to Keithy. Keithy. He's got no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) KPB, you're on board, champ. He's got no idea what it is. He wouldn't want to be a part of it. He's downstairs playing his guitar thinking, I should write a theme song for Club of Ganoush. No, he won't. He shouldn't. (laughs) You love it. I'm moving on. Jacob Town. Would you Damn. rather Jones never kick the... F- is he a Nobogunoosh member? Nobogunoosh. Um, <laughs> I don't think he is. I think... I, I knew I liked him. Is, I knew I liked um, him. I think he might have requested a membership, mm. actually. So um, It doesn't sound like the sort of thing he'd do. I, I knew I had some time for Jacob. I don't think he is a... No, he's not a member. He's not, well, he's not on the registry at the no, moment. No, I, um, I didn't think so. He had more common sense about him. Um, would see, you, a lot of people have been hashtagging Club of Ganoosh, but just request... A membership of your choice, and you'll get it. So Jacob asks, would you rather Jones never kick the footy again or Levi not play again for the rest of the year? This is a real Sophie's Choice type moment. I'd rather, Lee, uh, I'd rather Liam have a 45-possession game. <laughs> That's not one of the options. Kicking it all the time. I would, I would, yeah, I'd probably rather Levi not play again. Yeah, no, look, I, this, I don't want to turn this into a Levi bashing. Yeah, and yeah, you just, don't want to be he's harsh just flat. He's just flat. He's just not, he's just not informed. He's in, he's in, yeah, he's just, when you're providing nothing, it's like if I got a game, it's, it's all well and good that everybody loves me, but I'm that would not be going to provide anything. the greatest he, thing I've ever seen. His pre-season injury was... Uh, I would make sure... Him ...was devastating. Like, he got injured, it screwed him up, but he was still able to run around, and it was the absolute worst thing for him. He would have been better off having an injury that saw him out for, like, six weeks so that he could be just out, rehabilitate it, be ready, and then come back in and, and potentially come back in with confidence because he, when he lacks his athleticism, 
He can't get to contests. He's too rushed. And he's just off, as you said. He's just out of form. And I actually feel sorry for him because you can never, ever question the effort and heart uh, of Levi throughout his career. But he, he actually now looks like he's not even enjoying his footy, and that's disappointing. No, and, and when quite, you hark back uh, to two years ago when it was his handball that created the goal for um, for Murphy to be able to sink Freo um, over at Optus Stadium, you sit there and you're going, I want to remember Levi as that footballer, not what he's dishing up at the moment. Yeah, there's a, a bit of a vomit milkshake as to what we're getting at the back end of Levi's career just at the moment. Um, Shannon Emanuel's gotten in touch. Uh, what role do you see Martin playing best? was good last week and then almost unsighted last night. Thought he could have been given more midfield time when Freo were killing us at stoppage to get him in the game. Um, it might have come at the expense of Kennedy or Dow, though. But this is fine. I made a note here. So, yeah, look, Jack didn't have a great night last night, but he had an equal team-high nine score involvements. And he actually, I think he had a team-best two-goal assists. But why does he go missing so often? I think it's just the lack of structure, the lack of actual you know, disciplined game plan that A gets the best out of. We spoke about um, uh, a guy like Samo, but a, a plan that actually gets the best out of these guys and allows their skills and talents to, to flourish. I mean, I'm a big advocate for throwing Jack Martin, especially if he's cold during a game, throw him on ball because, fuck, he'll lay a tackle. Yeah. He'll get stuck in. He'll throw his body around. And he's got the polish if the ball comes his way to win it out. I think that we just need to be more flexible with Jack to recognise the game isn't going his way or our way and adjust to that. But once he gets those one or two touches, he seems to be able to um, kind of injects himself more and more. So he's a, he's a momentum player. He's a confidence he's a footballer, yeah. So um, speaking of going cold, Timbo, what's your theory on Lockie Plowman? <laughs> well... When he warmed up last night, he had tracksuit pants and he had his jacket on. He always wears the jacket. And, and when he, he always warms up with the jacket on. And I just, I'm, I'm firmly of the belief he is just a bloke that feels the cold because he will wear, and he often wears the long sleeve Because he well. came he, to the bench and they reported that, you know, Lockie Plowman's got the, the tracksuit on, which is usually a sign of He's always got the tracksuit on. <laughs> he will wear as many clothes as they will allow him to at any point in time, I reckon. He actually came <laughs> out He actually came out for the warm-up in a burqa. <laughs> um, he... There was, one oh, point, there was one point early in the season, like, you know, when the season kind of starts and it's nice weather and whatnot, and he's got, the like, the, the jacket on. Mm. And you're like, that's just what he does. He just comes out in the track jacket. And you go, no, yeah, fair enough. That's just his look. I did laugh because somebody around us said that. They were like, oh, Plowman's been subbed out with concussion. And I was like, I said to Dad, he's standing in the goal square. He's <laughs> on the field. <laughs> he's just down there. Um, and then lastly, your mate, Adrian Salerno. Salerno. Uh, do el, we... el presidente. Of what? Club of Canoosh. Oh, whatever. You two idiots. Um, do we look to offload McGovern? With Charlie coming back soon, I think a Gold Coast type would take up his contract. I'm saying no to that because what we got from Levi last night, we need marking options who, when they get the ball, can use the ball. Mitch McGovern is a beautiful kick. He's a good mark. He's fit. <laughs> and there's keeps- still so much upside to this guy if the penny can drop with him and, and with us. He keeps making me look a fool because I keep talking him up and he keeps disappointing me. But I still reckon when, if, I should rather, I should say, but um, 
if the three-headed beast gets up, I still think that could be something that just sets us apart. Absolutely. He gets to play the role he's designed to play. I don't care if it, you know, a third tall forward shouldn't be on 750. That's not the question. But if he's there in the third tall forward position with Charlie and Harry getting the two best defenders, he'll go absolutely off tap. And he's got the flexibility as well that if we need him to, in a like game like last night, we were up against it, go back in yeah. the hole, Mitch. He's got the best, he's the best kick in the team. Go back, and imagine his ball, seriously, his ball use coming out of defence if we're under the pump a bit. Great hands, good user of the footy. There's so many, I don't know, there's just so much positive um, that he can offer us. There's scope, isn't there? So I, I just don't want to, you know, there was a bit of talk about some people a little while ago cutting their losses with a guy like Charlie, and Mitch isn't to that level, but at the same time it's a similar, my rationale is similar in that we've we've put so much, we've invested so much in these guys to not reap whatever the benefits might end up being. I agree 100%. You know, whatever that is, whatever that equals, if it's you know really good footy, you know, it, it'd be, be heartbreaking to have invested to a get them into the club, b pay them significantly, c stand by them during you know injury and rehab, and then go, ah, oh, well, well, someone else can see what they get out of you. Go, no, no, we need to be that club, and if it doesn't work out, then so be it. But we need to potentially get the uh, the rewards, whatever they might be. Gentlemen, that is the end of the mailbox, and with it, the end of the show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, I would like to warn you know people against joining that dangerous cult out in uh, South Morang. Hashtag glub- Glubber Ganoush. Oh, my God. Glubber Ganoush. And the people spoke, Sean. They love the double B. All right? It's There's no B's. double B. I can't be no strong H. enough with this. There's no right. double B in Bubba Ganoush? In Fubba No one cares. The people have spoken. It's the people's club. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh by the way, uh, it's Prenda GJ, uh, Dom in the Den, and uh, Mio Compare Adriano got it right last week, as in the reference being to Cripps signing on for uh, for six more years. Can I, rec- just with the Prenda DJ as well, just to make it easier for old Nobu Ganoush, if you can use the hashtag, please, Prenda DJ, when you're answering the question, that'll make it easier for him to uh, Correct. Give, give people credit. Thank you. Thank you for that, Steel. Um, because he's a very, very lazy man, and anything that makes his life even one, or well, you know, zero point zero 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 one percent easier, he will snatch at. Absolutely, <sighs> I'm not, not going to deny that part. Yeah, anything a... that can make my life easier, I'm all up for. Oh. But hey, hey, great feedback on the uh, on the bangers so far. That's all. Yeah, really? people love a banger. Really? And it'll be another one played tonight. Has it really been good feedback? I haven't yeah, seen any of the feedback. Well, you don't slide into my DMs oh. <laughs> or, or look, in, look at my DMs, put it that way. No, you, well, you don't even look at your own DMs. <laughs> I do, mate. How do you think I get these memberships out? You don't shut up. Timbo. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Sean. Sure. <laughs> 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 it's, it's not a visual medium. <laughs> Give me the thumbs up. It's not enough. <laughs> We signed off for you last week, so I thought we'd do you the pleasure of giving you your own catchphrase back. No, no, absolutely. How are we looking um, in the supercoach, mate? Oh, yeah. 
Um, actually, it's funny. The guy that I'm playing <laughs> has... We'll be the judge excuse. of what's no, funny or no, not. No, no, he, he, no. I, I'm in strife, but only if he's <laughs> switched on. He played Darcy Parrish as his vice captain, and he scored 190. Um, but I don't know. Like, he hasn't... He hadn't done the loophole. So he was, at the moment, it still looked like he was going to go in... Is that the loophole um, that you try to do and then someone yeah, played? Yeah, yeah. So uh, at the moment, I, I'm I'm looking down the barrel of a 40-point loss with a game to play. But he has. He, he had 190 on Darcy Parrish, but he's kept a C on um, Jack McRae. So he's sitting on seven, or he, he's sitting on 69 at halftime, so he gets double those points. Um so it's going to go down to the wire, put it that way. So, uh, Timbo, I'm going to say this. I've got faith in you. Thank I you. Don't. But uh, Leck Dog is hitting the media like Justin Leppage. Leck Dog's doing for a job. He's touting like Ross Lyon on Classified. <laughs> he well, wants it. Well, the good thing is he's got uh, – Tommy Highmore hasn't played well. He's fallen short of his score, but so has Jack Crisp on my side. Trent Bianco's right up the ginger of where he needs to be. It's going to be a close run thing. If you're a betting man, you'd probably go the bloke I'm playing, um, who is Burmo, the footy heads. Uh, but we'll wait and see how we you're go. Falling I'm apart, not done yet. I'm actually 37 points in front at the moment for what it's worth. Timbo, you've but fallen apart. But he's got McRae and Hall playing. Since since about four or five weeks ago, you've just you've lost the group. You've lost the dressing room. Possibly. You've completely fallen apart. You've fallen out of the competition's top three or four, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I'm seeing fourth. But we make finals, and it starts again in finals. We all know that. You won't be there. Leck Dog will be there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't know my password. <laughs> uh, well, you already said always a pleasure. Goodbye to you, Timbo. Thank you, Sean. And See you. To you, you fucking idiot. Fucking douche. Charlie. Ciao, ragazzi. Forza Zori. Go Blues. Goodbye.